Blog Talk Radio. Mutated 
transmitted viruses for the purpose of biological warfare or biological terrorism. It remains to be seen if terrorist groups like ISIS, which has demonstrated a willingness to engage in large-scale mass murder, including the uninhibited murder of civilians, has the capability to produce a weaponized version of Ebola. If ISIS manages to defeat the al-Assad regime in Syria, it may come into the possession of biological weapons. According to the U.S. intelligence, the Syrians have biological weapons program run out of the scientific studies and research center in Damascus with labs in Aleppo and Homas. The SSRC is a huge complex with wings and units designated for specific pathogen research. In October, British experts at the Henry Jackson Society issued a stark warning over what they say is the clear and present danger of al-Qaeda gaining possession of the Assad regime's stockpile of biological weapons. Unlike chemical weapons, maintained in military-designated stockpiles, which are generally identifiable, in which Assad maintains command and control over, the structure of serious biological warfare programs, though latent, compartmentalized, and sped across its remaining biopharmaceutical infrastructure. So that was in the report um, uh, written by the British. In Br- June, is reported at al Nusra had emerged with ISIS. This does not mean that Syria has developed weaponized Ebola, only that it is likely it has a sophisticated biological weapons program, and if the victory trajectory of ISIS continues, a viral agent may fall into hands of terrorists who would use the weapon in an attack in the United States or Europe. Despite the infeasibility of terrorists acquiring sophisticated biological weapons, the U.S. government has constructed of a narrative portraying al-Qaeda as a terrorist group fully capable of launching a biological attack. Key figures in the al-Qaeda constellation have professed the desire to use biological weapons. For instance, U.S.-born Anwar al-Awaki, the al-Qaeda leader reportedly killed in a drone attack in 2011, called for the use of biological weapons, the use of chemical and biological weapons against population centers is allowed and is strongly recommended, he wrote for the Al-Qaeda magazine, Inspire. Okay. This goes on. Uh, it's yeah. a very, very long article. There's also... Um, This, uh, we'll see what he has to say. It's an audio piece. Oh, Alex Jones, yes. Yep, Alex Jones. Uh, what did he say? Something specific. Yeah. Bioweapons. Let's see what he says. Hopefully we can get this to Ah, uh, bioweapons contain Ebola genes. I 
if maybe it didn't come up. How about that, huh? No, I guess I guess that was all the time, Leo. Sorry about that, Well, you're so sorry. But anyway, chalk it up to what's going on. Maybe they don't want us to know what David, uh, what um, Alex Jones has to say. Oh wow! Well, you know, glyphosate is uh, Roundup, all right? You know, and glyphosate, a new study shows in pig feed, increases birth defects in piglets. Look at that. It says a higher dose of glyphosate fed to the more malformations, led to more malformation defects. Include spinal and cranial deformities, hole in the skull, leg atrophy, ear atrophy, an underdeveloped eye, no trunk, elephant, elephant tongue, and uh, female piglet with testes. This leads to, to us to ask, does exposure to glyphosate lead to birth defects in humans? Okay, further investigation is, is urgently needed. I would say so. What do you say? Glyphosate is the pesticide known as Roundup. And used uh, in on corn and all genetically modified uh, foods. Yeah, so, that's why genetically modified foods. Another reason why we shouldn't eat them. I mean, it's just a horrible road to death and destruction. Okay. And uh, genetically modified foods. Yeah. Um. Here's something interesting. Um. Brian Eno. Is a Jewish American critic and a recent article on U.S. supports support. I'm sorry, and uh, I can't even read that. What's the matter? I can't. It doesn't make sense with the way it's read. The way it's He's a Jewish American. Yeah, I, I, I'm criticizing he's a critic of, of, of Israel. Stop! The, he's a part of Stop the War Coalition. You see, now, folks, you tell me, you tell me that I'm not being hacked. This is my main frame. I just got zapped because I immediately started on a uh, on a uh, an article by uh, you know uh, that was on my Facebook uh, 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 timeline. I don't have actually on my Facebook page somebody sent. So it's you know it's so obvious to me, okay, that we're getting this is a uh, you know it's an obvious thing. But I'm going to ask you. Uh, unfortunately, we can't read this from here. Uh-huh. Um, but you can if we go to Facebook on your on your tab, All right? Because I I can't I can't get anything on the, on the mainframe. Constantly knocking me out. That's the fourth time tonight that they've done that, even prior to, just uh, shortly prior to our show starting.
you know, this is one of the big problems we have with, uh, you know. Bringing up controversial, well, it's not even, it, it's uh, the man who wrote this article is the Jew himself. No, but the thought of the, the, the controversy or the conflict that they, that whoever it is that keeps zapping us, and they do it right, right before we read, or right during the part that we read a Palestinian, anti-Palestinian issue. Anti-Israel issue. Oh, sorry, anti-Israel issue. Yeah. It's, it's just it's so damn frustrating. I mean, you know, we know what they're doing, and it's just, God. No way to stop drifts from the truth, the 
more it will hate those that speak it. As George Orwell. He was right on about that. Amen. Where we feel that pain, I'll tell you that. Well, maybe I can. Uh, I can't find the uh, that article and that video that I wanted to play. Don't know where it was. Yeah. And why don't you get your? Well, because I can't do anything. I get this. Uh, this computer is going to go down any second again. I'm just trying to. Uh, I'm gonna go back to another another song, folks. I I'm sorry, everything all everything tonight is screwed up. Critical facts about Ebola outbreak that every American needs to know. 
right? And uh, what would a global pandemic look like for a disease that has no cure and that kills more than half of the people that it infects? Let's hope that we don't get to find out. But what we do know is that more than 100 health workers that were on the front lines of fighting the disease Somebody hacking into us there, too? Someone hacked into us? No. Yep. Maybe. Right, we got hacked there. Okay. We're just getting picked off like, uh, like snipered. Uh, let, me, let me get out of this and see if I can get another, another site. Somebody's got me, somebody's got me cornered here. to that site now, uh, they probably won't get it. I'm not sure they can't reach me through there. But they did reach me through. They can reach me through Blog Talk, and they reached me through my Facebook. See, they, oh, they did it again. Yeah. Uh, well, it's obvious that uh, somebody doesn't want me to go on. Can you get onto something exciting and new? It doesn't sound like like. Uh, Folks, I mean, this, this happens whenever we seem to go into anything that's controversial at all. Well, not necessarily. You know, we were going to talk about the Palestinian issue as well as the uh, Ukrainian issue and some of the other stuff and environmental, but somebody's got it in for us tonight, so we're uh, hopping along here. Um, hopefully I can find this article by... Why don't you just I, I just did, yeah. I, I've got to go back from another computer to another computer. It's driving me nuts. And another Facebook so thing. So does it say that I It's terrible. Yeah. This is so important, this one. I know it was, but it's That's, why, that's it, why we got zapped. That's why we got zapped. Exactly. It's really sad because it was something that we wanted to share with you folks. Because I honestly believe we're, I mean, I mean, we have been, we have been hit so many times this year, and uh, our, our, our server has been clobbered and everything. Uh, yes, it's been a whole lot. Suddenly, just got a whole ton of stuff. You know. I can't. They're all junk. I won't try to get one. I'm trying to get something good, Lila. Cowardly, hypocritical, subservient Congress work. Uh, this, this, you know. I'm sorry. Just keep. keep hang on a second. This, this is all this stuff. I'm sorry, folks. But yeah, I'm uh, sorry. We had this set up, but we we didn't. You know, I didn't expect to get blasted like this. Damn. I can't, I can't. I can't. Oh, Robert, that's the way. 
something or go to some song and dance? Seventy know. bodies found in Rafa's death toll hits uh, 1830. Um, things are really, really moving along there. It's um, it's terrible. In Palestine. Yep. Israeli has 64 soldiers dead. Palestine has 1,766 civilians dead. Israel has zero wounded. Palestine has 9,320 wounded. Killed at the UN bombing shelter for Israel, zero. Ten for Palestine. Women and children killed, zero for Israel, 607 for Palestine. When you think of it, if you think of it this way, if you were in an open-air camp with shelters all crushed together and a huge fence around, and someone and decided and someone decided to drop a bomb, you'd probably be killed. And that's kind of what's happened to the Palestinians. They're virtually in an open-air prison with no place to escape. There's no place to go to be safe. It's not a war. It's a massacre. It's a massacre of a people. It's genocide, and it's a war crime. And there are a lot of people that are saying that, not just me. There are many, many people out there throughout this country and throughout the world who are criticizing what's happening. Obama recently came out and said that what happened at the U.N. school where so many people were killed, innocent people, was horrible. But uh, he says that on one hand, but on the other hand, we are the country that's giving the money to pay for those bonds that are killing innocent people. You know, we can't have it both ways here in the U.S. You know, you can't support death and destruction and then, you know, take a tissue out and shed a tear when it happens. And that's basically what we do. Well, kidnapping the state leaves 130 Palestinians dead, all right?
probably making over half a million dollars. Well, you don't hear of any other uh, no, presidents no, exactly of universities no, doing that. that no. That's pretty damn nice. Now, why don't they give that on the news? Yeah. What a great, great person he is. Um, Jail time for Israeli sniper who... Bragged died. about shooting children. Yeah. I'm not saying President Obama is a liar, but whoever keeps putting those, these words on the teleprompter sure as heck is. <laughs> okay. Let's see. I'm going to say everyone in Gaza supports the BDS movement. Probably. But uh, I don't know what the BDS well, movement is. All right. Um, Probably a boycott. boycott, divestments, and sanctions against Israel. Well, yeah, everyone in Gaza would support the movement, I would think. No? One would think so, but since they don't have any money, they can't buy anything anyway. There's nothing to buy there. Everybody supports that the world boycott. uh, I I realize what they're saying. Sovereign citizens seen as top terrorist threat by U.S. law enforcement. Oh, my God. All right. You know, it takes a, it takes a Russian TV and uh, investigation to find this stuff out. It says here that the sovereign citizen movement in the United States is considered the top threat for domestic terrorism, according to a survey of state, local, and tribal law enforcement agencies. Hmm. Islamic extremists and militia patriot groups found out uh, round out the top three threats to communities in the United States considered most serious by 364 officers of 175 state, local, and tribal law enforcement entities, according to a survey conducted by the National Consortium for the Study of Terrorism and Responses to Terrorism. Uh, so the survey, Understanding Law Enforcement Intelligence Processes, um, found that 40, 52% Of respondents agreed that 34% uh, strongly agreed that sovereign citizens were a serious threat, terrorist threat, as opposed to 39% of respondents who agreed that 28% who strongly agreed that Islamic extremists were the most serious threat. They don't even know what the most serious threat is, right? So it's just, you know, but they're saying sovereign citizens. So that's, that's like you and me who are incorporated and claim our sovereignty. Right. Yeah. They're going against the system. They're libertarian, sovereign, whatever. But uh, it says... And why are they a threat? Because they think? Yeah, because they're, they're, they're constitutionalists, you know, and stuff. They're not allowed to think. No, the latest survey found that while sovereign citizens as a whole have moved into the top position overall, the threat posed by many individual groups that are considered part of the broad movement has decreased since the previous survey. Although estimates about some groups were a serious terrorist threat increasing, increased compared to the two time periods, this is getting a little too technical for me, but the survey found that cyber terrorism is perceived by officers as the most likely terrorism-related crime. Conventional uh, explosive devices were was considered second most likely. 
to a way to attack. Uh, researchers specifically asked the law enforcement official officers the threat of terrorism, the nature of information sharing, and whether agencies are prepared to deal with a terrorist attack. And uh, some said yes and some said no. Hmm. But the officer's survey said the most useful law enforcement entities in combating terrorism include state-local fusion centers, the FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force. Uh, in addition, the officer said that the most valuable open source materials are used to gather information on the Internet, human intelligence sources, and the media. Start was funded with an initial $12 million grant. All right, so this is another thing to you know, uh -huh. spy on people. Well, it uh, sounds like but um, yeah, you know, anybody, anybody who's uh, um, what do you call it? Uh, what do you call it? Sovereign. Yes, thank you. Uh, anyone who's a sovereign um, is a uh, is a threat. Is a threat, major threat. Now, who who has determined that? Uh, smart, which is part of the CIA and part of the intelligence mm. community. Yeah, you know, that part. That Makes everybody uh, the, the the part that that uh, spies on you. Yeah, yeah. We haven't heard. Speaking of spying, we haven't heard too much from Snowden, or else they're yes, not telling we did, us anything. Yes, I have an article here on it that, that I wanted to bring up because Snowden says that uh, that Obama's a jerk about over this. Uh, Obama's a joke over this Israeli thing. Okay? Mm -hmm. he says uh, and he explains why. If you can wait just a second, I've got the article. I've had to blow. I must have blown up five times tonight with this. So, uh, it's here somewhere. Yeah. what does he have to do with that exactly? Well, he says that uh, Snowden stated that uh, that uh, he's lying. That uh, Obama's lying about his. Uh, um, when he says that he can't do anything. Or that he that you know he's a, he's appalled by by the uh, by the the, their, the killing of the Palestinians. You well, know? he couldn't be too appalled because yeah, he's supporting all the money. civilians in Gaza and restocks Israel with the run with uh, when they need when they run out of uh, when they run weapon out money. Of weapon money, you know. So it's ridiculous. That's why he's called a politician. They speak yeah. out of both sides of their mouth. I mean, it's going to be pretty hard to live with yourself when you support killing women and children and innocent civilians. I mean, but, you know, I've been in groups where people just say government-sponsored government genocide is okay. Yeah. They call themselves liberals. Progressive. And pro oh, pardon me, progressive. They're progressive. Yeah. They're, they think that's okay. Children have been shot. This is uh, Christopher Hedges. So this, um, children have been shot. In other conflicts, I have covered, but never before have I watched this, uh, soldiers entice children like mice into a trap uh, and murdered them for a sport. Christopher Hedges, American Journalism on Assignment in Gaza. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, it's, it's just damn sick. Now, I got something here that I, I was hoping to... Uh, uh, Kerry is speaking out on Israel, and that is not allowed when speaking about Israel. As, and he says uh, it's becoming an apartheid state. 
Uh, yeah. Oh, and by the way, when they refer, I was listening to a television program the other day. I was cleaning while I had the TV on for entertainment. Well, several of the people discussing this Palestinian-Israeli situation. I'll talk about it later. Secretary of State John Kerry is pushing back after drawing heavy criticism for comments he made about Israel during a closed-door meeting with world leaders on Friday. At a closed-door meeting in Washington Friday, Kerry said if Middle East peace is not achieved, Israel could become an apartheid state. That remark triggered a storm of criticism. Certainly the use of the term apartheid is a loaded comment, and that's what had Republicans, as well as some Democrats, up in arms over Secretary of State John Kerry's remark. This is beyond something requiring an apology. I think this is a resigning-type statement. <laughs> That's right. Anchors, pundits, and lawmakers alike have been outraged over John Kerry daring to compare Israel to apartheid in South Africa. While the media feigns anger over Kerry foreseeing potential apartheid in the future, let me break down the reality. Israel is already an apartheid state. In fact, instances of institutionalized segregation in the country abound. For starters, Israel has a permit system which restricts travel for ethnic Palestinians in the West Bank, limiting where they can live unless they obtain permits from the Israeli government. These checkpoints aren't all that dissimilar from South Africa's past system, which restricted movement for blacks. In regard to the limited mobility of Palestinians, former U.S. President Jimmy Carter said in 2006 that, quote, when Israel occupies territory deep within the West Bank and connects the 200 or so settlements with each other with a road and then prohibits the Palestinians from using that road, or in many cases even crossing it, this perpetuates even worse instances of apartheid or apartheid than we witnessed even in South Africa. Wow. But as the last half century shows, the gradual takeover of Palestinian land by Israeli colonies means that every day, Palestinians are left with less and less land to call their own. And less land means less rights. Following the 1948 designation of Israel as the Jewish state, the land was effectively cleansed of Palestinian inhabitants. You need only look at the demographics today, where nearly 70% of Gaza residents once lived where it's now considered southern Israel. Historian Juan Cole notes in a recent article how the segregation that exists within villages is not found on any map citing that somewhere around 90,000 Arabs live in the 176 unrecognized villages inside Israel. The inhabitants of these villages are considered internal refugees, displaced after the 1948 war, having fled their homes with nowhere else to go. Being unrecognized by Israel means that tens of thousands of Arab residents have no access to public services like water, roads, education, health care, or even electricity. But hey, we have to be careful, not get carried away and start comparing Israel to South Africa, right? I mean, come on. It's not like Israel was forcibly injecting African immigrants with birth control, some sort of nuanced eugenics program. Oh, wait, yes, apparently as many as 130,000 Ethiopian women were forcibly sterilized, according to Haaretz, dropping the birth rate of Ethiopian Israelis by 20%. All right, all right, but at least Israel didn't uphold a law banning Palestinians from living with their spouses in Israel, right? Oh, wait, they did. Despite human rights organizations calling the ruling racist, 
Israel's Supreme Court has legally prevented thousands of individuals in the West Bank and Gaza from living with their spouses in Israel. All right, fine. At the very least, there aren't any parts of Israel that would introduce racially segregated schools, right? Unfortunately, they're doing that too. Last summer, children in South Tel Aviv attended preschool classes segregated by race. So, knowing all of this, is it really any wonder why we're seeing growing support for the Israel Boycott Divestment Sanctions Movement, or BDS, where just like South Africa, an international movement is galvanizing to divest and boycott Israel for its apartheid system. So, given the emotional reaction to anyone simply criticizing the Israeli government, these unpopular truths are rarely discussed. But I think it's about time we call a spade a spade. Call it segregation, call it racism, call it what you will. But institutionalized discrimination and systematic oppression over any group based on race is the definition of apartheid. Um, What I was saying before we started that good uh, talk by her, whoever she is, very good job. Yeah, she's, uh, I'm not sure. um, And she's absolutely right. Um, What I was going to say, there was a a group of women who... um, who were having a conversation on TV the other day, and they were talking about Israel. And one of the women referred to um, Israel as a democracy. Um, And it's not a democracy, it's a theocracy. And that's what it is. And people don't don't seem to understand that. It's not a democracy. And not one of the women in this panel discussion group corrected her because they don't know. They just listen to what they're told by mainstream TV or by some paid politicians. But it's not a democracy. It's not patent after us. It is not a democracy. Because there's a whole group of people in that country that don't have any rights. We're not a democracy either. We're a republic. It's quite different. Might be something else. So angry with this thing that I can't do 
Okay. Coming up in a second here.
Reporter from News Channel 13, Mark Melholland, and his cameraman, Matt Serino, were threatened with arrest by corrections lieutenant by a corrections lieutenant on July 24th, simply for having an empty prison in the background of their video footage on Grant's Cottage, a nearby historical site where President U.S. Uh, Ulysses S. Grant died. If this so-called empty prison was truly empty, then why all the hassle from the lieutenant? Furthermore, the prison houses zero prisoners, yet has 76 working officers. That's interesting. I'm going to try. I think they take down a lot of these things from YouTube. A News Channel 13 crew was threatened with arrest today. It happened as they were working on a story about the historic cottage in Wilton where President Ulysses S. Grant spent his final days. Grant's cottage is located on Mount McGregor near the now-closed correctional facility. Corrections employees who are still working at the empty prison made every attempt to stop Mark Mulholland from doing his job. And Mark shows us what happened now live from our Saratoga newsroom. Good evening, Mark. Well, good evening, Jim and Benita. In more than 20 years in the business, I've rarely encountered anything quite like this. We were doing a story on Grant's cottage, but some corrections employees made their actions the story. Grant's cottage is located at the top of Mount McGregor. Just yesterday was the 129th anniversary of the death here of President Ulysses S. Grant. We shot some of the reenactment Wednesday, and we're assigned to go back there today to get some additional shots. We were doing a piece on camera in the shadows of the empty Mount McGregor prison when a car comes speeding toward us. Oh, hey. This is the exchange photographer Matt Soriano and I had with a man who identified himself as a corrections lieutenant. Excuse me. Yeah. Don't film me. We're doing a story about Grant's Cottage. Doesn't matter. You're not. You're on state property right now. You can't film here. You got to get the permission through Albany to film. Okay, we can we can go shoot it from Grant's Cottage then. No, you're not up here for that. You're up here for different purposes. We're doing a story on Grant's Cottage as it relates well, to the Well, you'll have to take that through Albany. No, we'll just go back to Grant's Cottage. Shoot. No, you're going to leave the mountain now. No, we're going to go to Grant's Cottage. No, you you're can, not. You're rolling, right? Yeah. You're telling us we can't visit a historic site? No, you're not. You're going to have to run that through Albany. No, we don't run through Albany whether we visit a, a you're historic on grounds right now. Well, we'll go to the historic site. You then. can go up there. You can't film. Oh, yes, we can. No. <laughs> yes, we can. What's your name? Lieutenant Dorn. Lieutenant what, Dorn? What's your first name? It's Lieutenant Dorn. Look, I'm not going to go around with you on this. You're going to leave the property. We will. We'll go up to the historic site. You cannot film up there. We will go to the historic site and do our job. You know what? Jeff, make sure they don't go up and cross all the state police. Have them removed. Have us removed from a historic site, sir? So we proceeded to make our way closer to Grant's cottage, but another corrections employee parked his car across the road, denying and blocking our access to the historic site. So we're trying to get to Grant's cottage, <laughs> and a state corrections officer is blocking the road. You can see how this might deter people from trying to get to a, a prominent national historic site. Can you move up a little so we can get to Grant's cottage, please? After several minutes, he moves his car to allow other visitors to get to and from Grant's cottage and slowly inching his car along in front of us. Ironically, once there, we noticed a film crew apparently filming a movie on the grounds of the closed prison. On our way back down the mountain as we attempted to leave, Corrections Lieutenant Doran had called the state police, asked them to detain us, and demanded our video. He's obviously leaving. I mean, you can't leave with that film. 
Can't leave with what? I'm well, you'll leave with the film of the jail. If I'm a member of the public and I'm taking pictures of Grant's cottage and there is the facility in right behind it, what are you, what are you doing there? If we're case? aware that that facility's in the background, those photos will be confiscated. Uh, the man who identified himself as Lieutenant Doran said on several occasions if we didn't hand over the tapes, he would have us arrested. After roughly an hour and calls between our newsroom leadership, state police, and the Department of Corrections, we were allowed to leave without surrendering the video we shot. I just said something, but I can't. Well, I was complaining that I'm not saying anything, but I'm trying to get through this, and I can't find anything. It keeps blacking well, out. Well, we're going to save it. So anyway, I, uh, all my computers are bashed in. i got one that's just got one keeping the, the, uh, the, the studio going, um, and uh, one that doesn't make any sense. So with that, tonight we're going to end the show early, and I apologize for messing up. guarantee tomorrow night's show will be much better. All right? And, uh, One can only hope that we won't have such interference. I hope not. But tomorrow night we'll be talking about union issues and uh, environmental issues, and we apologize for the mess up tonight. So anyway, let's get out of here, Atlanta, so before they blow us up. And uh, that's what it is when you're an activist.
Yeah. Yeah, I guess I'm coming from there. I don't know. 